Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today we will be reading in the book of Titus in the New Testament, and that comes after 2 Timothy. And we'll be reading in Titus chapter 1 and 2 and 3. They're pretty short. And the title of the whole thing will be Love, Love Good and Do Good. All right. Before we get started, I want to read what the Bible is so you can always share this. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, 66 volumes or books, span of 1,500 years in three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little and Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics. So now you can share that with others. And I have something to work with about what the Bible is and why we can count on it. Alrighty. So, starting at, see, Titus chapter 1. We'll start at... Um, hold on one minute here. Okay. Uh, starting... Um, verse 5 of chapter 1 and the, the topic on here and we'll be reading from the NIV the New International Version and it, uh, the title on this section is Appointing Elders Who Love What Is Good verse 5 of Titus chapter 1 New Testament in the NIV the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Verse 6. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Verse 7. Since an overseer man ate, uh, manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not giving to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Verse 8, rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Verse 9, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. So, so in other words, you can't have a household that is, you know, unmanageable or you're not... Uh, you're not being the the head of the house as you're supposed to be, or anybody you know. And and if you're listening to me, and like you're in your church, and uh, so the, how the church is supposed to work, as far as like elders and deacons and stuff, is the, they have to love a rule rule or home, as the Bible states, you know, in the New Testament. And what we just read also applies to the the uh, for a pastor position, a deacon position, a elder position. It's the same because you got to be an example. You can't be an example if uh, you're no different from anyone uh, from somebody who doesn't believe. You know, so it's pretty self-explanatory in this one. Let's continue. Uh, verse ten. This section says rebuking those who fail to do good. Verse 10, for there are many rebellious people full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. So back then you have, like, uh, uh, mostly the Jews were circumcised. 
That's why they take the foreskin off of the off from the man. And uh because that was a sign of that they belonged to God. And so through the years and then when the Christians came along and they said, Well, you really don't have to do that. Um, you know, some did, some didn't, just dependent. But he had those that said, Well, you can't I can't be a Christian unless you do that type of thing. Okay. Uh, they must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households by teaching things that they ought not to teach. And that for the, the sake of dishonest gain, verse 12, one of the Cretes, one of Cretes' own prophets uh, has said it. Cretans are always liars, even evil brutes, lazy, gluttons, 13 there. This saying is true, therefore rebuke them sharply so that they will be sound in their faith. 14, and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the, mere, to the merely human commands of those who reject the truth. 15, to the pure all things are pure, but to those who are corrupted and do not believe nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They, are, they claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. And what does Jesus says, say in the New Testament? If you love me, keep my commandments. I'm just saying. Okay, let's go down to chapter 2. And on this section it says, Doing good for the sake of the gospel. Starting at verse 1, You, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-control, sound in faith and love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children. Verse 5, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Let's continue. Verse 6, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled Verse 7, and everything, set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching. Show integrity, seriousness. Verse 8, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing but to say about you, or nothing bad to say about you. Verse 9, teach slaves to be subject to their masters and everything to try to please them, not to talk back to them. Now back then, you know, that was going thing. You know, you had slaves or those that Gave themselves over to slavery for so many years to pay off a debt or like something that had uh, money they borrowed from from that person or family or whatever and had to pay back somehow, you know, or, or, or just that out and right just slaves, you know, that that they were took over by a country or whatever. And that's just how it was at the time. <sighs> okay. Let's see. Uh, let's go to verse 10. And verse 9. Let me go back over verse 9. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters and everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them. Verse 10. And not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teachings about God and Savior act attractive. So that meant for free or slave those who are Christians, they're still supposed to act like Christians. 
Verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Verse 12, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, verse 14, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good, 15. These then are the things you should teach, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. You know, so... Except most of this is pretty self-explanatory. Um, but, you know, it's like we're all sinners, you know, and if without Christ, we would be on our way to hell. But, you know, we can't keep the commandments, uh, God's commandments, the moral law, because because uh, we were born with a sin nature, which came from Adam and Eve at the very beginning when they disobeyed God. And it just... It, and it followed all the way down to where we're at today and will continue until God himself comes back and, you know, takes everything over at his time. Mm -hmm. so, so just know you got some people teaching that that you're no longer a sinner anymore. No, no. We're just covered by God's blood. Um, he's the spiritual bridge for us. We were separated by our sins from God. Heavenly Father, right? So therefore, there's no way to cross because there's no bridge for us. Christ came, paid paid the punishment that we should have took so that we can come by believing him, by asking God for forgiveness because we recognize we're, we've broken all his moral laws, the Ten Commandments, we're sinners. Come to Christ, ask him for mercy on our lives and forgiveness and then transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone. Realizing we're sinners. And without Christ, we're still sinners. So we're just, his, his blood to cover everything because back then in the Old Testament, um, before Christ came, they had to have like spotless animals, mainly sheep, um, to that they would, would die or like they would, would kill the sheep, you know, cut the throat, a used to blood and that was the thing that, that helped at that time but then Christ came so we don't have to do that anymore because that was the old covenant covenant that he had with the Jewish people but now since Christ came he, he ushered in a new covenant you know it still means the Ten Commandments are still in effect but we have Christ who is our mediator now he's our bridge and only through him can we get to Christ. That's why God, why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We have to come through him because he is the bridge. He was the appointed uh, bridge for us spiritually. So don't, don't let people confuse you. There's so many different wrong teachings out here where you can just read the Bible for yourself, you know, instead of have to look at... Uh, I look through some kind of a prison, prism, or looking through like some kind of special, or, or like having to look at everything through a belief system that somebody's gave you. Where you just read it for yourself. Of course, hermeneutics. You need to know hermeneutics. That is how to divide the Bible when you're reading it, because there's different sections. You know, uh, you got uh, literal, 
You got parables, allegories, and so forth, you know. So you need to know what which is what. It just helps you to to break down the Bible into how you can understand it. But it's, it's, the Bible is really not hard. People make it hard, you know, because many are confused or they do it on purpose because they don't because they don't want you to, to understand it. But anyways, let's continue. Uh, going to the last part here, and that is Titus chapter 3, verse 1. This section is called Saved in Order to Do Good. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good. Verse 2, to slander, I mean, yeah, to slander no one, to be peace, peaceable and considerate and always be gentle towards everything. Now, you have to be careful because it does say remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, right? To be obedient, to be ready to do what is good. That is, as long as they don't go against God's word. If you have a government going against God word, God's word, then that makes it null and void. Because if, if you're somewhere where they're against God, then you're totally out of where you're supposed to be. And there's a lot of governments like that, very wicked, because people are wicked. You know? So, no, as, as long as they allow you to do the will of God through his word, you know, and, and they obey the word of God. But if they don't, then it's going against God. Therefore, you can't follow that, you know. That is those things that are against God. You know, we got common sense. We know what's going on. You know, don't lie. Don't steal. You know, stuff like that. Don't, and it's very simple anyway. Verse 3, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Verse, verse 4, but when the kindness of, and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us not because of righteousness things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal. By the Holy Spirit, verse 6, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, verse 7, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Verse 8, this is the trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Verse 9, but avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because these are unprofitable and useless. Verse 10, warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time after that have nothing to do with them verse 11 you may be sure that such people are warped and sinful they are self-condemned hmm. bible's very clear i want to give you some scriptures now okay let me see here 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Or do you not know, this is the ESV English Standard Version, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. 
Revelation chapter 20, verse 8, ESV, standard version. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, ESV, English standard version. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, there you go. And John chapter 14, verse 6, NIV says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because he's the bridge, remember. So, what do we need to do? I'm going to give you that right now. And that is... Romans, I want to do this with King James Version. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10 and 13. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe with your heart that God raised from the dead, that shall be saved. For the, for, um, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, I hope through hearing the word of God that, you, that you're getting a conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, because God wants you to be, or uh, God knows Who's going to be saved? That is, um, because he's God, he knows everything. He's sovereign. So that means God can do whatever he wants to do. And for his purposes, right, he knew from before we were even formed, those who would reject him and those who would receive him. But we don't know. So so, um, so Jesus said in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, says, Go out and teach and baptize. And so that's what we're doing because we want people to be saved. We don't know who's going to be saved. God does. But he loves and therefore he made a way for us to come to him if we so desire. So it's up to you, you know. But remember, God does know who's coming and who's not. But we do not. And he's commanded us. To go out and tell people about the gospel, which is uh, translated the good news of how we can go to heaven if we so desire and want to. Right. And and the Bible also says that no one's looking for God. So when you hear this, when you hear the word of God. Uh, for those that uh, he knows belong to him. Right. He draws because he draws men unto him, right? He draws all men to him who belong to him, right? So that's that's how we get convicted, you know. And people have a lot of questions. Say, well, well, how can that be? Whatever. I'm just telling what the Bible says. He said, from the foundation of before the foundation of the world, you know, because he's remember he's God. 
It's just like uh, in the New Testament, there's a passage there where Jesus heals a blind man. And so his disciples say, uh, asked Jesus a question, said, who sinned, uh, his parents or him? And Jesus said, no, none of them sinned. It was for this purpose. God allowed that for that purpose, for that time, for people to see the miracles so that they would turn to him and believe. For those who um, who wanted God because God knows who wants him who's not. But this is the way he does things because the, he's God, you know. Some, it, it's like it's really not that hard to understand. You have to think about it for a while and wrap your head around it, but it's not really that hard. It's just hard for us because we, we're looking at everything from a worldly perspective, not spiritually, right? You know, we're trying to figure out stuff. You're not going to figure out God because he's God. We're not, you know. And that's why it says we have to humble ourselves before we come. You go to First uh, Corinthians chapter 1, speaks about, I'm humbling yourself before God, right? So, so to, to come to God, you have to first you hear the word of God, then you're convicted, then you then you have to humble yourself and come to God, even though you may not understand everything or whatever. But you know you need to do this to be to, to go to heaven and to be with God because you want God and you want to, and you know there's something in you that loves God, wants God. So that's why we, you know, people have been uh, since Christ came, we've been. Um, Witnessing and, and, and you have missionaries all over the world and stuff giving the gospel because we we don't want anyone to go to hell, you know. Like I said, God knows, but we don't. So, you know, we're trying to reach those who, who will listen and hear, you know. So it's like, have you, uh, let's go through the, the commandments a little bit. Uh, let me see. Uh, the first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, we all make gods that are gods in our imagination. That's okay with everything we do. It's like a fluffy god, a nice little uh, cuddly god, but it's not the god of the Bible, right? And so we've made a, another god in, our, in the image that we like that works for us. Um, you shall not murder. So if you've hated anybody according to the Bible... The New Testament it says if you hate anybody, you've created you already committed murder in your heart. And it says you shall not commit adultery, it's number seven. Well, have you ever looked at another person with lust? We've already committed adultery in our hearts. You see, God's standards are so high and ours is so low. It says you shall not steal. Have you ever bought everything, not return it? Or just picked up a pen, not return it, or it doesn't matter the value, you know. Or if you just took it and never brought it back, it's stealing. You see, God's standards are so high and ours are so low. And that's just a few of the commandments. So you see, we're guilty. So without Jesus as that mediator, without Jesus as that bridge, we can't, we can't get to heaven. We can't go to God. But God made a way through his son, which is still, it's the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's one God, but three separate beings, but still, you know. So Jesus was God in the flesh. It's kind of like, if you look at the sun, what you see is the whole thing. That's the sun, right? But also you have the heat that comes from it. You can feel that. And the light, you can see that, right? You, know, you can see the, the light and everything. So that's, that's how the Trinity is. It's the same thing. It's one separate, but one. So anyway, so... So the best thing you can do is ask, go to God and ask him, 
to forgive you of your sins and to place your trust in Jesus alone. Kind of like if you're on an airplane that's about to crash or it's going to crash, it's having like engine trouble, and somebody gives you a parachute, you're going to hang on to that parachute because that could save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come because we're going to be, because God is the ultimate judge. He's the judge of the universe and, and we're all going to stand before God and be judged. So, so it's kind of like if you're standing before the judge and you have a bunch of parking tickets and somebody pays the parking tickets for you, he, the judge can literally let you go because uh, because somebody had already paid the price. Well, Jesus paid the price for our sins. So because of that, if we come and receive Christ and ask for mercy and forgiveness, then Christ can... Um, uh, God the Father can't forgive you, you know. So come to Christ. Don't wait. Come now. We don't know when we're going to die, you know. And once you die, it's too late. So you need to come to Christ. So just think about that. And also just just read over Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, and 13 and 14, actually. And it'll help you to understand. So till next time, remember, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says.